0: Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor.
1: Thank you, my dear friend, Susan Maranti. Hey, by the way, Susan has a brand new single out. You can check her out on Instagram or go over to DharmicEvolution.com and just type her name in the search bar and check out her interview An awesome Aussie artist. Love this lady. Hey, if you'd like to be a guest on the Dharmic Evolution, like Susan has, twice actually, um, you can reach out to me at dharmicevolution.com. You can leave me a message on the website. You can leave me a message on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, or any one of a thousand different social media sites. Not hard to find. And if you have not yet selected your favorite platform to get the show every single week at 4.44 a.m., you can do that on the website also. We have Overcast and we have Apple Podcasts and we have, uh, we're on Geo Savan. did you know that, in India, and in, uh, Ghana, in India? So um, the Indian people have taken a shine to this show and we can't thank you guys enough for your support. Time to introduce our latest guest for today. I've been a liar and a cheat, been a user and a thief. Born a sinner, raised in need. Thank God I'm saved. Yes, it's a a gentleman from Erie, Pennsylvania, and he's a soldier, he is a troubadour, he's a singer, he's a songwriter. He's many things. Most importantly, he is a man who walks with God. And it's going to be a real pleasure to get into this interview. And don't forget to uh, hang out for my Mr. Magoo impersonation about three-quarters of the way through the show. How that came out, I'll never know. But uh, this man, he's uh, he has a ministry that's born of faith walk in our Lord Jesus Christ through hardship and happy times. His songs are well-crafted, catchy, and easy to sing along with. God has been preparing him for this season of ministry since he sang his first song unto the Lord. Circa 1969. All his songs are rooted in scripture and are doctrinally sound in the evangelical traditions. He graduated from Pinecrest Bible College in 1991 and has served in many capacities at Erie First Assembly of God since 1996. You better strap up your seatbelts cause we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution to Erie, Pennsylvania to visit with Scott Edward Jones. Scott welcome to the Dharmic evolution thank you for being here today hi James it's good to good have to again. good to have a fellow Christian a fellow uh, uh, musician and so many parallels here except for the soldier uh, I miss that one so uh, well, you're
2: just a soldier in a different way right
1: yeah that's true that is true um, but I want to start off by uh, saying first of all thank you for being here and also Um, love your songs and want to start by thanking you for your service, uh, in the military. And I just think it's, um, it's kind of overlooked in some of our lives. Some of the people who have never touched that or never experienced that, we kind of take it for granted a little bit and just, we don't really know, um, what goes into it. And I, I kind of get a feeling that, um, a lot of us would be frightened to know the real depths of it.
2: <laughs> you don't want to know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know. I hear it. Um, I was very, very young. I just missed Vietnam, and I remember um, this young man came back, and he was only like two or three years older than I was, and, the, and they had just abolished the draft a couple years before, so I, I missed it. I was going to get my draft card, and it was like done. It was all over. And this guy came back and he was he was a complete wreck. And he said he was just drinking every night to kill the nightmares and the pain. And that was my first taste of, I think I was like 19 when I met this guy because the drinking age back then was 18. And, uh, and I just couldn't believe like how unglued he was. So, I, you know, my heart goes out to the people who have suffered through this. So I want to just ask you about how you first got acclimated and got into the service. And can you take us down that trail and tell us how, how it went for you?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share, uh, on your, uh, on your program. Uh, and, uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, my appreciation for, for that. Um, so in 1985, I needed some extra money and, uh, National Guard, I joined the National Guard, and I served honorably, and I was discharged right before um, Desert Storm broke loose, 1991, and uh, I got out, I was out, and um, I had a 17-year break in service, so now let's fast forward to uh, 2008. And, uh, you know, 9-1-1 or nine eleven had happened, and, you know, we were going back to Afghanistan, all that stuff. And, well, I needed extra money again. So I went to the recruiter, and he says, well, we got a program where you can just try one year because of your previous service. I said, great. Yeah, sign me up for one. I said, what are my chances of being deployed? Because I didn't want to go. Honestly, I wasn't looking to, to go overseas. I had two good jobs and I loved. Uh, and I was in a relationship and, and all this stuff. And he says, Oh, if you only got a year, they're not going to deploy you with less than a year. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I signed that paper. I don't even think the ink was dry. And I'm getting a notice. Hey, guess what? You're going to Afghanistan.
3: Yeah. Wow.
2: So that was in uh, 2008. I got that notice. Or 2000 and, yeah, 2008. And then in 2000. Nine, we actually left. You know, hold on, doctor. 2009, I got the notice that I was going. Yeah. And uh, I left in November uh, of 09 uh, and I didn't come back until May of 11. Yeah. So um, that, that's the story.
1: Wow. So you were there two years in Afghanistan.
2: Well, I was, no, I was only deployed about a year. But I had three or four months of train up to get, you know, to be prepared to go over. Yeah. And then I spent six months in the military uh, hospital uh, up in Fort Drum. Yeah. For, for, you know, I I suffered from PTSD. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. It happened to me. Yeah. And uh, by the grace of God, I didn't uh, go the path of your friend. Yeah. You know, I reached out to uh, the resources that were around me. And uh, 10 years later, you know, I'm I'm back to a place where, you know, I, I believe that was all for a purpose. And here I am now, better and stronger than I've ever been, I, I think.
1: God bless you, man. God bless Thanks. you. Can you tell us um, about what it was like when you first got to Afghanistan? And what was, what was the state of, like, the guys in your unit and the people that you were um, on a day-to-day with? Um, was it really, really tense? Was it really, really... Uh, frightening, like how was it when you first got there? Did it just take you so by surprise?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I was scared. Yeah. You know, you just, it's the unknown that scares you, you know? And um, I realized when we were going on these patrols uh, with all our ammo and our weapons and our protective gear, before you leave what we call the wire and go into the into the countryside and do our patrols, there was a sign that said deadly force beyond this point is authorized and our orders were, you tell them once to do something you tell them twice and then you shoot you shoot to kill and so when you leave that wire i tell you man you ain't worrying about mortgage you're not worrying about school rent or any of that stuff you're just wondering hey am i coming home tonight you know and i had, literally had the power of life and death in my hands at times and by the grace of god i never had to shoot anybody but i imposed my will on many people at the end of a gun and uh but i was i was terrified but then you know it's funny because after about a month or so you become acclimated and then it becomes something you're just doing you know yeah yeah but i met god in that deployment it changed my life
1: amen amen um, was there a certain um, event that happened where you f- you found the Lord <clears throat> or you, or s- some kind of cataclysm that happened that it was just all at once? Or was this, so- this something gradual that started to change you and turn your attention towards something well, that you hadn't experienced?
2: Yeah. Oh, well, I was a Christian. I had received the Lord and then the Bible school and all that. But in the years that followed my deployment, I'd become very complacent. Yeah. And uh, there was the, I'm not going to get into details about the cataclysmic event or the one thing. But there was a point where I I I reached the end of my rope, so to speak, my limit. And uh, I spent a night uh, in the confessional because it was the quietest place I could go. Um, just crying out to God, you know, um, I need you now more than ever. And I was broken that night, you know, spiritually, emotionally. You know, and I wrote a song. It's neat, called "Lost My Faith." Now that's not the song I'm here to emphasize, because right. the next day, God, it's like He started filling me up in my brokenness. And it's funny because I'm—I I look like a tough guy with all my gear on, and we're on these missions, we're on these patrols, and I'm just crying, weeping uncontrollably. Cause God is meeting me in that place. He's healing me, you know? Yeah. And I wrote a, I, and he gave me a song called welcome home. And that is the turning point uh, for me. When I, I cried out to God and he says, Hey, I never left. I, I'm, I'm still here and I'm here for you. And that is that, that, that day on was, it, it changed me. It changed me. Now things didn't get better. Things didn't get better, but I was in the right place with, with my Lord. You know, I was in the right place with, with the lord and um that's where i needed to be you know sometimes you have to be torn down to be to be built back up properly yeah and that's did, what he did for me on that deployment
1: did you feel after this experience scott that you had more of a sense of manageability if you will um over your circumstances i mean i know like you said it, it didn't get any prettier or any less stressful but um did it give you a certain sense of inner calm to deal with deal with it better
2: yeah it, it really kind of focused what my sense of purpose was and why i'm really here you know and uh what we were doing you know on the field out there and uh, it, it focused that and i'll be honest with you when i came back i was a hot mess too yeah it was it wasn't pretty uh and um But there was still that hope like that. I call it my my uh, North Star, my guiding light that kept me going in the middle of that wilderness, in the middle of that uncertainty, in the middle of that confusion. And even when I had let go, God was still hanging on to me, you know, and I, I just thank him so much for that. It wasn't me that did it, Brother James. It was, you know, God working in my life because I yielded. And I said, "Okay, God, work in me. I don't know how to do this, but you do. I'm available. I acknowledge you in all my ways. And I know you'll direct my path. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what I did.
1: Were you able to share this experience with any of your brothers over there, or did you keep it? Not really. Yeah. No,
2: I I tell you, we had some issues uh, over there with the units that we were that I was assigned to because it wasn't my unit that I was that I got attached to. My unit that I joined here in Erie, they went to Iraq. And that's why I thought, well, I'll join. They're already gone. Yeah. That's why I said, well, what are my chances are going? Well, they they pulled me out of Erie and they stuck me down with a bunch of strangers, guys I didn't know from Adam. And uh, that in itself, you know, because we're all under duress as it is, and uh, it brought out the worst in, in a lot of people. And uh, so I was, I didn't know who to trust over there. Honestly, I had one, I had one battle buddy, one guy that I knew had my back. Everybody else was suspect. And a lot of times I felt more, I felt safer going outside the wire. Wow. I really did. Going really? out on patrols, I felt safer than uh, what I was having to deal with back inside, you know, on the, on the base.
1: So, do you feel that you were ostracized in, in, for the, the reason being that nobody wanted to get close to you because, you know, new buddies have a tendency to not be around too long and, they get killed or maimed or their legs shot off and you know. not the see reason, them.
2: The reason why they didn't want to be around me is because I, stuck up, I stood up for justice and I made a stand when everybody else wanted to sit and I put my, I put it on the line and I said, I'm not going to abide by what you guys are doing. It was pornography. These guys were just, I don't want to get into detail. These guys were just, they were deviants. Right. They were horrible. It was uh, sickening and I wouldn't go along with it. And they punished me and punished me and. And before I deployed, they told me I better watch my back. And as a result of that, I had to go to command report what had been happening for the last three months that I had been documenting. And it was it was it was it was not pretty. It was it, it ended up launching a whole investigation. Uh, the unit, the platoon, was broken up. Officers were decommissioned. Uh, sergeants were sent home. Article 15s were handed out because I wouldn't I, I stood up and would not abide by anymore with what was going on and I made a stand and that was 90% of my issues yeah
3: God bless you man
2: I was you, told man. I better watch it they're going to they're they're out to get me Yeah my own guys my own people
1: I know that took a lot of courage I'm so sorry you had that experience that's just crazy It
2: made me who I am it made me who I am it's preparing me to be able to I stand up to a bully I'm not afraid of bullies Yeah I'm not afraid to stand. That's part of my calling, James. You know, when, when people are said, are called to stand, when everyone's standing, I'll sit if need be. And if everyone's sitting, I'll stand if need be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel a bit of a, almost a bit of a, a watchman for injustice. And if I see someone being bullied or picked on or being, you know, I, I, I'll intervene. And it happens all the time. I'm not a cop. I'm not out here to police the world, but I'm also not going to abide by people being cruel and unjust to other people, especially people that are weaker than them.
1: Yeah. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey, and this is a good time to play um, Scott's song, and this is called Worthy of Love.
4: She met a boy with his army head on It was pulled down to hide his blue eyes Cause the pain that they'd seen in this cold-hearted world watched all his dreams pass him by Well, his heart was too big for his body And his soul been battered and crushed But he gives and he cares and he hopes still Yeah, that he's somebody worthy of love Oh, that he's somebody worthy of love Push, then she pulled Till he finally let her see his eyes In the blue was the truth And the joy of his youth And love that she's tried to find Well, his heart was too big for his body And his soul been battered and grudged But he gives and he cares And he hugs still, yeah, there he's somebody
1: Love. What a message. Uh, great song. Really, really appreciated that. So uh, tell us the story behind uh, Worthy of Love.
2: Well, if you if you want, the video is on my website, www.funkysundayparty.com. Shameless plug.
1: Yeah, no, not shameless at all. All those will be in our show notes. So any any okay. folks who want to hear that, see the video, you can just click on the, the links to the show notes and it'll be right there for you.
2: Okay, good. So, yeah, if you that opens up with me standing before a, a house that's been demolished. And that represents the wreckage of my past. It represents the failed relationships and failed careers and all the things that I had managed to destroy by my own hand, you know? And I had actually been told that I was unlovable, and I actually was believing that I was unlovable. And I was talking to my fiance one day, and I said, you know, I just want to be worthy of love. And the next thing you know, she comes out with this song. So uh, she really kind of took the, the reins of that. And she actually wrote, she gets 50% credit <laughs> on that song.
1: That's great. But
2: Yeah. So worthy of love. You know, his heart was too big for his body and his soul been battered and crushed. But he gives and he cares and he hopes still. Yeah that he's somebody worthy of love. And you know what? I know there's other people out there that have felt unworthy of love. They don't feel that they're good enough or they've made too many mistakes or they've just, they've got their own wreckage of their past. I'm here to tell them you're worthy of love too.
1: Amen. Great, great message. You. And uh, there are so many people, like we tend to uh, be very hard on ourselves um, uh, in some ways, it's almost like it's it's almost unwarranted, you know. And you know, if God can forgive us, why can't we forgive ourselves? And I find that you know I a heard an
2: interesting quote, uh, Brother James, that said, "God told me to forgive my enemies, so I forgave myself."
1: Good one. I like that. we do that though don't we we torture ourselves over things sometimes and uh, I
2: know I do and I'm a and I think deep I'm a deep thinker and what happens is I start having conversations with myself yeah you know in my head and these these negative voices they come at me in my own voice and so what I found a big part of my recovery is what they call dialectic therapy dialect to speak right if I'm sharing what's going on up in up in here in this war zone, if I'm sharing that with people, a lot of times it comes out of my mouth and it sounds crazy. And I already know this is crazy. And so I've learned to share. I don't keep stuff in anymore. I tell on myself right away. And that right there is my antidote for all of that.
1: So where what are what are your resources, Scott, that you you can uh, you can share this with? Um, is it your significant other? Do you have, um, do you have like, um, some buddies that you can talk with? Did you, do you go to some kind of social groups? Like where is a good safe place for you to go for these things?
2: I attend the 12 step group.
1: AA. Okay. Oh, okay. Great.
2: Yeah. I've been going to AA since 2006. Excellent. And, uh, I was, I was, I was doing well and then I got deployed.
3: <laughs> right. And then
2: I wasn't doing so well. And then I was so angry. I didn't want to go anywhere and I got sicker. Like I told you, you know, that ten years was a real was a real battle on the journey, but I finally came to the place where I was I was ready to go back and it's 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 my medicine. So I'm able to share, you know, in the in the in these groups in a safe place. I also have what I call Team Scott. You know, I have my fiance, I have my pastor, I have my a best friend, I have a, a spiritual advisor. I have three or four or five very, very close people around, I call them Team Scott, that if I don't think Cindy can handle this, I've got four other people to choose from. The point is I talk to somebody. I talk to somebody.
1: Yeah. Face to face. That's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I can't say enough good things about AA. Um, I have two brothers who've been successful in that for probably 30 years uh each of yeah. them you know just they went very very young and uh just got help right, right away and they've they've done fabulous things uh great organization but i think having you know team scott is every bit as valuable as that it's just nice to have your own you know personal group who really get you and understand you and and can be there for you which is which you is know Who else fantastic. is on
2: team scott? Dr Foley Is he? He absolutely is part of Team Scott because a lot of times I'm struggling and with my career and my music. And no one else really understands all that. Doctor yeah. Foley gets it, and he's able to give me that. I can call him and talk to him, and he listens, and he he validates or he corrects or he suggests things to me. And he's he's invaluable to me, Doctor Foley. I I've been I wouldn't be here, to be able to do any of this uh, without him. Honestly, I mean that sincerely. Thank you, Doctor Foley.
1: Yeah. And just for you folks who uh, want to know about Dr. Eugene Foley, just uh, go to dharmicevolution.com dot com and there's a search bar at the top. Just type in Eugene Foley or Foley Entertainment, and his show will come up, and you can find out all about uh, the wonderful Dr. Eugene Foley, who is uh, an entertainment agent and a, and a really yeah. good friend of mine. Yeah, he's as a
2: doctor well. in entertainment law, is what he is. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he's a, he's a doctor to my psyche. I I really appreciate that, man.
1: He's a good man for sure. A great man. Yeah.
2: A righteous man.
1: Tell us um let's move over to a uh, little bit of music for for uh, for yeah. a few minutes too and tell us about um your approach to music. You know, how do you work um how do you put your songs together? Are you uh, a guy who always uh, puts a guitar in his hand first? Or do you take out a ledger and write? Do you go for a walk? Like, where do most of your ideas come from, Scott? And how do you uh, manifest um, creating them?
2: That's a great question. Um, you know, a little bit of all of that, but I'll tell you how it normally starts. It starts with a with a with a thought, like "worthy of love, worthy of love." And then I'll get a little a little chorus in my head. Little music comes to me, "worthy of love, worthy," and then and then it goes from there. And Then I'll I'll start working on, you know, the first, you know, the verses and the choruses and the, you know, the the structural integrity of the song. Uh, And then I always, uh, I submit my songs to a review, uh, a couple different organizations I use, because my friends are going to tell me my stuff's great, no matter what I put out there. And um, I I don't want to, I don't want to hear how great it is. I want to, I want to know if it's, you know, the quality of the song. And so I submit to song reviews and uh, sometimes they rate very high. Sometimes they, they don't rate as high and for every person that gives me a 10, there's always somebody that gives me a three, you know, for that one, there's always that one person that'll say, Oh, greatest song ever. Great vocals, great production. And then there's always a the guy at the bottom that says terrible song, horrible production, terrible vocals, you know? So, but I've been blessed uh, in that I'm prolific and I have so much music. I don't have to get hung up on one song if i if a song I like it but nobody else cares, okay, well move on to the next one and then that song's not for everybody yeah, yeah, but as i uh I think we spoke what we spoke on a little bit before honestly my my ultimate goal is i'm 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 singing my songs to an audience of one. My songs are really just you're getting a little peek into my prayer life, I'm sharing intimate thoughts uh with with my with my savior with God, you know. And, and they're, they're psalms, you know, they're songs of, psalms of praise, most of them, all of them, really, some more than others, but it's an audience of one. And, you know, my my goal, really, my overall goal is that when I stand before God on Judgment Day, he says, good and done, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest, enter into the kingdom. So that's where I'm at. And if people like this song, good. If they don't, that's okay. That's okay, too. They're not my babies.
1: Um, I think you're. I think you did a fabulous thing by um, capturing the imagination of people listening to the show. Um, specifically, other singer songwriters by having your songs reviewed by um, third parties out there. That is such a great idea because too many people do get caught up in that, you know, they, they stick with their little tribe and it's, it can't be mom and dad and, you know, the cousins. I mean, it's like, you know, you can do no wrong in that world, but getting really good, uh, honest, unbiased, um, look into your world, into your songwriting, um, that, that's a really, really good move. Strong move, Scott. I love that. Um, so I, I would counsel all you up and coming songwriters, um, to uh, to really pick up on this idea and, and take advantage of this is such a great strategy. Um, as far as, you know, you being eclectic and being able to, or be pro- pro- prolific, I should say, being able to write a lot of material, um, I can kind of relate to that. Um, do you just put away a lot of content and like stockpile it and then come back to it? Or do you like just, if something comes out, you you just work on it and work on it until it's either going to make it or put it in a pile and move on. Or how do you go about the way you do it?
2: Well, you, well, you nailed it. Okay. You know, it's uh, Yeah. I, uh, you know, depending on how I'm feeling, usually I'll flesh a song out where I know, okay, the song's done intro first verse chorus, et cetera, three and three and a half minutes long, you know, uh, but sometimes they get shelved sometimes i mean i've got songs that i was it's funny i was looking at my catalog of stuff that i haven't produced that i've written and you know i'm like oh that's a really good song oh that's a good song so even if i got nothing new i got so much stuff that i've kind of stockpiled i could pull it up anytime so I'm, yeah. i'll never god willing i'll never be a lost for material yeah but each song when I if i put it out dr uh, brother james Um, I've put a lot of time, money, and research into it, so I don't just slap everything out there. You know what I mean? And some songs aren't for public consumption. Yes. You know? Some songs are just for me, to minister to me. And, you know, some songs are for me just to minister back to the Lord. And I hope that my very best stuff, no one's ever heard. I hope that the very best stuff that I've sung has been just in those times of prayer and and worship and, and, you know, an attitude of gratitude uh, with God and expressing that uh, I think I've created some really good stuff and i would like oh I write this down and the, I got checked no 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 that's not what this is for this is just to minister to me Scott you know I minister to the Lord he loves my songs he loves them all though
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic um, I want to play I want to play this next one Signs of the Apocalypse here we go
4: God's image was online, would feed the beast over time. buy him low and compromise, who will you choose to accept? Or deny, it's a sign of the apocalypse. Here we go. lie. you heard me say that I recognize The end of days of my own two eyes Wake up now and be identified With a mark on your hand Or one between Your eyes It's the sign of the apocalypse
1: Signs of the apocalypse, and uh, we got to talk about this one. So, um, as someone as someone who reads every day, the Bible is that's my that's my first forty five minutes every day with with never missing really. And um, you know, I kind of live a similar life that that you do. It's it's all about you know prayer and Thanksgiving in the morning, and studying a little bit, and then writing and. Um, signs of the apocalypse. I mean, you you talk about so many things that is, that are prevalent on the minds of many these days. Because if you if you read the things in the Bible, it's we're kind of almost in lockstep for end times. And it's being proven out, like, almost almost daily. Just look at the right? n- news and what right? is happening, you know. And, and, it's, and
2: it's happening faster and faster and faster and faster on a global scale. Yeah. Globally. It's like yeah, every
1: it's- year, like, people always constantly say, I can't believe it's almost Christmas, or I can't believe uh, the f- summer's almost over. You know, we, we always have this thing, but if you, to your point, exponentially as you get older it does go faster and faster and now more so than ever because there just isn't much time left i mean you look at the resources of the earth and the what we're doing to each other both you know politically and every other which way it's it's gotten so chaotic so tell me where in your journey as as a christian living day by day how much of this um thought-provoking type of information that comes across you each day is disturbing to you and how do you deal with it and what are your thoughts watching all this unfold on a day-to-day basis?
2: You know, it it doesn't uh, worry me so much as I'm alarmed, you know. And um, I wrote another song. It's going to be on my next EP. It's called uh, Mr. Magoo.
1: All right. And if
2: you know the, you know the cartoon of Mr. Magoo, right?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Magoo, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Perfect. But you know, he's, there's that scene in the beginning of the show where he's walking, bumbling through a circus, and then he's he's in a lion's cage, and the lions behind him like this. <laughs> and Magoo goes, no danger here. <laughs> As he walks through the lot, through the bars, and the lion almost rips his head off. Yeah, you know what I mean? right, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I feel kind of like this is what we're at. I mean, the the signs are all around us, but we're doing this. Oh, I don't see nothing. There's nothing to see. Yeah,
1: you know. No, I, yeah, and, I, I feel, I feel you, man. I, I feel what you're saying. Yeah. And so, how and do so you, how do you deal with it? Do you? Um, cause I, and I'll tell you why I'm asking the question because yeah. um, I have a lot of trouble. I never allowed this show to get political, like even when tr- Trump farted, started running and, and you know there was all this all this crazy stuff going on, and people were putting posts on my Facebook page. And I just said, listen, under any conditions, don't put political. Things right. on my page because I don't find I, any
2: of that on my pages either. Because no then I,
1: I get dr- I don't want to get drawn into that circus. Because first of all, right. I don't know enough about the political you know circus that's going on, and it's like if you start throwing mud, then it's it never stops. It's like and the, and I, f- I feel like if you want to lift people up, you can't tear them down. So it's like, so, but I find myself getting angry about the way things are rolling now. It's gotten, it's gotten insane to the point where I feel like I want to respond, but I feel like I can't, or I have to, or I'm going to, I'm going to be, I won't be able to come back, you know, I won't be able to come back and, and have this show in the way that it was meant to be. So I, so I keep on resisting saying there's other people out there who do that, do that much better than I could ever do it. So I stay in my universe. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, well, it's, it's that, but it's, it's also, you can't spread a message of, uh, you know, love and kindness. If, if you're, you're busy like attacking people either. So, so I don't know. It's a difficult thing, um, to watch unfold. And, um, I just feel like, I appreciate whoever stands up for what their belief system is, um, but I know people are very scared. I know people are very upset and very concerned about their their future moving forward. And the reason I have, I think, and you have an advantage is I have the Lord Jesus working for me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I'm working for him. But it's, right. it's like I feel like there's an advantage of clarity and almost a sense of I feel protected. You know, like I got COVID over the holidays and my fiance did too. And I had it really bad. And she didn't have it quite as bad as I did. But I was very sick. I never went to the hospital, never got tested because I knew, I knew, I knew in my heart he was gonna pull me out of this. I had no lung issues, cause I started running um, a couple years ago, cause I couldn't do yoga anymore with the pandemic. So my, I never had any lung issues, but I had all the other things, but I, he brought me out of it, brought her out of it strong as could be. And uh, I, I feel great. I'm very lucky I got through that. Um, other people didn't. But I think if you have faith in something or someone, <laughs> we both know who, um, you, you do have an advantage of, right. you know where you're going after this life. And it's a very, very, um, I, I feel very comforted in the fact that no matter what happens, I know I'm protected and I'm talking about my eternal life. So when I guess my long-winded explanation of this is um, you as a Christian who's a writer, singer, songwriter, when you look out and see all this craziness going on, does it affect your music? Does it affect your thought process at night? Do you have any trouble sleeping about it or do you take comfort in, I got it covered. I'm, I'm not worried about it as much.
2: You know, we, once again, brother, we, we're, we're so like-minded. I'm, I'm coming from your position. You know, the fear of death has been broken in my life. Uh, I've, I've stared death. I've been, I've had to confront it. And, and, uh, on this, more than one occasion. <clears throat> and uh, I'm not afraid. At least I can say that now that I'm nice and healthy, right? Yeah. just easy to sit here and say it. Talk to me if I'm on my deathbed. I, but, and as far as things bothering me, no. Um, but they do influence me. Sometimes, like that song, Mr. Magoo, that all came as a result as I watched Whoopi Goldberg on Am I allowed to say last names? Sure. <laughs> uh, on, on the talk, and she was, they were talking about aliens. And she said, you might be talking to one right now and not know it, as she looks into the camera, you know? Yeah. And that got me thinking. And so there's a line there: the, has the talking heads are squawking aliens. They're talking about aliens. And I just, uh, so there's things that will influence me. But as far as keeping me up at night, no and as far as me standing up you know i look forward to coming across people in my own circle that might makes might make a comment oh the end of the world's coming or you know oh we're worried about this and then that gives me the opportunity to witness to minister, to speak the truth. And a few years ago, I might have felt uncomfortable. Like, oh, I don't want to offend them. I don't want, you know, I want to, I would apologize. Hey, forgive me if I am sounding preachy, all this, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling. I don't want to alienate anybody. But it's kind of, I've come to the point now, I'm so emboldened because of what's going on around me. Like, the time is short. Yeah. That it, I, I, kind of, I kind of equate it to if I came upon a house in the middle of the night that was on fire, and I ran into the house, waking everybody up. Get out of the house! Get out of the house! I'll risk them being ticked off, being woken up in the middle of the night to save their lives. Right. So to me, it's if, if I'm speaking the truth. If that makes you not like me, that's the price I have to pay.
1: Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. I mean, I I do feel. Um, you know. You know, I've been I've been around a while and. Uh, I should have been killed many times. I mean I, I've been electrocuted like three times, two or three, two or three really bad times. And wow. which most most people would have died. I mean, I was an electrical contractor. I was an electrician. I started a business and was doing that for many years. Uh, car crashes, motorcycle accidents, there were so many times I should have been dead and I've been I'm still here. And and I know people that are less than half my age that aren't here anymore. Um, and so there's something to that which I have an appreciation for and awareness of, and I think when you when you are blessed in that way, you really have um, you have a responsibility to live up to, and so that is all about you know my mission is to do this and to keep writing songs and to perform, do my prison ministry, all of those things, and I'm so happy I've been kept whole for this. Uh, to make my contribution because I think there's nothing worse for a human being to be put on this earth and you you end up you know appearing before the Lord and it's going to be like well what did you do with the gifts I gave you and and you know to say well I didn't do anything with them is it's kind of unacceptable don't you think because <laughs> we all have
2: something well, you know, you know there's, a, there's a there's a there's a story in the Bible with a guy who got it was what one five and ten talents yeah, and it's it's funny because the the guy who had the one talent and didn't do anything with it, the Lord took it from him and gave it to the guy with the ten. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, and it's it's interesting, uh, brother James, because the more that I'm willing to do for the Lord, the more I find out I can do.
3: Yeah. <clears throat>
2: you know? So yeah. It's we- not until see, I got my little bit right here, but it's not until I let go of that that God can give me an increase. Not that I'm looking for it but it just it, it kind of comes to me you know what i mean yeah the more that i'm willing to do and the more times i put my foot out and take an action not just a decision but i take an action i'm graced with more gifts i'm graced with i'm not more but i'm realizing the gifts that he's already given me they become uncovered so to speak yeah it's wonderful it's just a wonderful thing that i'm going through right now
1: that's fantastic i think it's i think you're right it's more um uh you know tony robbins always coaches that it's the people who take action who are the ones who are successful i mean everybody thinks they can't do it but yet if you take action and and another part of that i believe is you know you have to really accept that god is going to be there for you and and know it and trust it and believe it in your heart and i think once you show that kind of faith and that's why we have faith um, then the rewards will come, you know. And, and, I, and I
2: think that's what that deployment did for me. You know, there's no doubt in my mind, God is there for me. In the last 10 years of this wilderness I've been walking through, which is in worthy of love, you'll see me walking through the woods wearing welder's glasses. Why am I wearing welder's glasses while trying to get through the woods, right?
1: Yeah, that's the because thumbnail on the front only, of it too. That's a we, cool, yeah. yeah. We, we,
2: only, we only know in part, we only see in part. And if you'll watch that video, I'm carrying a crown. That's my purpose. Yeah. Right. So I know my purpose. I know why I'm here now. I know my lane. And um, I'm uh, I'm walking in that, in the confidence of that.
1: Amen. Well, I'm certainly glad you are here, Scott. And as we're coming to the end here... Um, I just want to say this has been a very, very spirited and valuable conversation that I hope many people will um, take to heart and take the lessons and the suggestions that, that you've been so uh, profound in uh, sharing with us today. And before we go, um, I'd just like to ask you if there's anything you'd like to say to the audience here uh, as far as uh, any kind of blessing, prayer. Uh, words of wisdom, anything imparting. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend.
2: Okay. I would just say, if you feel that you have a calling, if you feel that God's placed something in you, and God has given you, told you, "I want you to do this." Don't worry about what others think, because what others think isn't what's important. It's what God thinks about you that's important. And if you, if you, if you want to take a step. You know, there was. <clears throat> I got. A, I got a little uh, riddle for you. Three frogs sat on a log. One made the decision to j- jump. How many frogs were on the log? Three, because the one only made the decision to jump. He didn't jump. And so, if you're th- if you're on a, if you're one of them frogs, is this going in and out? Are you saying is this causing?
1: That's okay. No, it's it's fine. It's fine.
2: Okay. Um, if you feel that like God's called you to do something, do more than make the decision. Make an action. If you feel you're playing the guitar, then make your guitar van. Even if whether you're good or not, it doesn't matter. Go to go somewhere where people need guitar players. Be around like-minded people. You know, if you want, if you think you got a calling to write songs. Get around other songwriters, you know, share that. And don't be afraid to share. I'll tell you, I remember the very first time I got up and I played a song for a crowd. It was back in the 90s, okay? I came off that stage crying. I was just, it was overwhelming me. And I didn't go back on stage for for a long time after that. But it's not going to come, and what I'm saying is it's not going to come without some sort of resistance, especially if you're in the will of God, especially if you're doing what God's called you to do, you will find resistance. Matter of fact, that kind of shows you're on the right path. There's a a prayer, the serenity prayer that we say in AA. And in that serenity prayer, it says that we accept hardship as the pathway to peace. So if you're going through a hard time, you're on the right path. You're on the right path. And, you know, just keep pressing forward. Remember, you're, 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 whatever God's given you, you minister to him first. You minister to him first. And then you minister to those around you, your closest around you. Okay? And you take it from there, and God will be faithful. The Bible says that if you seek him, you will find him. And if you seek after him, if you want his wisdom, the Bible says that he will give it to you. But you've got to be quiet enough. You know what I'm talking about, Brother James. You've got to be quiet and Listen you know and be still and know that he's god so for those of you aspiring whatever it is any kind of arts or anything just get around like-minded and make yourself available to do that thing and don't be afraid don't be afraid
1: amen very very well put scott jones it was a pleasure i really appreciated you sharing your songs your stories your adventures uh, all the uh, things that you've been through in your life, and I just want to ask all of God's blessings on you, your ministry, your music, and your family moving forward, my friend.
2: And I am available, so if you want to reach me, any, you know anybody that needs uh, someone to come out and share their story and song and testimony and and, and uh, lift spirits and encourage through music and testimony, uh, you'll have a you'll have a link on on your page. People can reach out to me so I, I'm, that's where I'm at I'm uh, looking forward to doing more of what I'm doing here So, Amen, thank
1: you Scott
2: Peace, thank you Brother James
1: Hope you guys enjoyed that one check out the show notes for all the links, everything Scott Jones and uh, that's a wrap for me today, so until the next time when we meet again I'll either see you on the socials or i see you from the stage
0: To take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find that freedom is really a simple state of mind. So ride on, ride on Baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on Baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on We can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom It's tingling on my tongue each other's destiny I'll take you places that you've never seen I'll take you places that you never dreamed I'll take you places that were pictures in your mind I'll take you places Cause ride with me.